Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we are going to be breaking down the Thursday slate for DFS College Basketball. Thursday, December 1st, that is. Got a lot of very, very solid games tonight. Very interesting games to break down. A lot of interesting options in daily fantasy. If you are here for the college basketball, it is my hope that you will find another sport to be playing DFS for also and another sport to listen to on this podcast. Yesterday, we covered both of the college football slates for this weekend, Friday and Saturday, so check that out on the episode feed. We will also have an NFL episode coming later this morning, and then tomorrow, it is likely that we will be doing another college basketball episode. So, Stay tuned to the podcast feed, pick and choose the sports that you want to play and sports you want to listen to here on the podcast, but all your support is appreciated. If you would like my full DFS lineups, we've cashed two in a row in college basketball, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And if you want any stats and facts that I don't get to on the podcast, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'll also be happy to answer any lineup or start sit questions. All right, that's enough of the talking. Let's go ahead and get a quick word from our friends at Anchor, and then let's start breaking down this Thursday slate. So we're going to break down this slate by going over the two marquee games taking place tonight, the two most interesting games to target players from. And then I'm going to go over some options that I like that are outside of those two games. So marquee game number one is going to be Arizona at Utah. This game has the highest over-under of the slate at 155.5, and it is a full 14 points ahead of every other game in terms of point total. For Arizona, Azulis Tubelis has been their leading scorer so far this season, and he's played in six games, and he's had some very interesting patterns of production. He's had three games in the 40s and three games in the 20s. Obviously, if you're paying that price tag for him, you want him to be in one of those games in the 40s. Now, what's interesting enough is that he's been in the 40s in terms of fantasy points when Arizona has hit 100 real in-game points. So I don't know if Arizona's going to get to 100 tonight against Utah, but if that pattern continues, I would not be interested to play Azulis Tubelis. He's a very good player, but I think he's a little overpriced for the inconsistency in what he's shown so far. Now, a guy that I am interested in playing for Arizona is Umar Ballo. He has at least 30 fantasy points in every game so far, and when Arizona went to the Maui Invitational last week, he saw a minutes jump in Maui to at least 29 minutes every game, meaning he's got over one fantasy point per minute on the floor. If he is on the floor, he's going to be productive. He is not only a force down low on the offensive end, but he's a good shot blocker. He's a great rebounder. He can fill up the stat sheet in all kinds of ways. I really like Umar Ballo for tonight and for the season moving forward. Kirk Kreese is Arizona's point guard, and while his fantasy output has not been consistent, his minutes and his usage have been. He plays a lot of minutes. He is extremely vital to making that offense go, and he doesn't need to score to you know be fantasy viable. He can get assists. He can get rebounds. He can get steals. So he's a guy that, I don't know, I feel like he's got a lot of upside, but he hasn't been consistent. So if you're looking for a GPP play, I think Kirk Risa might be your guy. I'm probably not going with him in cash games, though. Courtney Ramey, the Texas transfer, has only played three games so far this season. He had a suspension at the start of the season, and he has 26 points in all of them. He has a really, really high floor for somebody at his price tag. He is the guy that I will be playing in cash games. I still think he has the upside to play in tournaments. Like I said, this game has the highest over-under, and... I don't think I mentioned this yet, but Arizona is the fastest team in the country in terms of tempo. So they're going to get a lot of shots up. They're going to get a lot of possessions. And Courtney Ramey is a guy that he's had a very high floor, 
and the game speed gives him a lot of upside. Now, two guys that have kind of saw their production go down a little bit are Pelly Larson and Cedric Henderson Jr. When Courtney Ramey came back into the lineup after his suspension, Larson and Henderson saw their minutes and their fantasy production reduce, and I'm not going to be very intrigued to play either of those two guys until their price tags drop. Now, Arizona doesn't really get a whole lot of minutes or a whole lot of production out of their bench other than Cedric Henderson Jr., but Adama Ball has the most minutes of any other bench player, and he's probably, if you're stacking this game, he's worth a look, but I don't think I would be playing him individually. Now, on the other side of things in this marquee game is Utah. So, when it comes to daily fantasy college basketball, right, we want to play teams who are in a tempo up game, meaning... If you're Utah tonight and you're playing Arizona, who's the fastest team in the country, Utah is not the fastest team in the country. So Utah is going to be playing Arizona's tempo. So Utah is going to be playing a more up-tempo game than they usually do, which makes them a very interesting team to target. So for Utah, Brandon Carlson is their highest usage player. He has one nine-point performance that has really skewed his average. And I think that if you're looking for, you know, who can Utah use to score to keep up with Arizona – Brandon Larson or Brandon Carlson, excuse me, is going to have to be that guy. Now, in terms of guards for Utah, Roley Webster is a do-it-all guard who has a pretty high floor. His low this season so far is 18. I don't think he has a whole lot of like major upside, but he does fill the stat sheet in a variety of ways, and he does have a very high floor. In my opinion, when talking about the Utah guards, as opposed to Raleigh Worcester, Gabe Madsen has shown more upside. He definitely has a higher ceiling. And between the two of them, if I'm looking for a ceiling play, Gabe Madsen's probably the guy. Now, another guy that has played for Utah is Marco Anthony. He's a very good scorer who's only played four games so far this season, but he has peaked at 31 fantasy points. I would take 31 fantasy points out of the guy at this price tag. Ben Carlson for Utah, brother of Brandon, is only $4,200 on DraftKings, and he plays very consistent minutes. He's one of their you know, leading bench minutes getters, but he has inconsistent production. So I think he's definitely worth a look. You know, not a, not a safe option by any means, but he's definitely worth a look if you're stacking the game or if you are just playing him in a GPP. All right, that does it for Marquee Game 1. Let's now talk about Marquee Game 2. So Marquee Game 2 is going to be Creighton at Texas. This game has an over-under of 141 points. No other game is over 140 points. So this is the second projected highest scoring game of the night. And really, these two stand above all of the rest. Now, when we talk about Creighton, Creighton is incredibly starting five heavy. They get a lot of bits and a lot of production out of that starting five. Baylor Shireman was the most productive in the Maui Invitational in the three games they played there. And as I predicted on the podcast before the Maui Invitational, he is kind of taking over as this team's leading producer on the offensive end and as a rebounder as well. He had 33 fantasy points in every game that he played in Maui. Ryan Kalkbrenner is a guy that could give Texas some issues down low. He's seven feet tall, not a whole lot of guys are. And when you look at Texas last season, they were not very big and seven footers like Zach Eady at Purdue, among others, took advantage of that down low lacking size. And so I think Kalkbrenner could be able to do that tonight. Now the question will become if Kalkbrenner could stay on the floor on the defensive end. But I think that a seven-footer can do well against this Texas team. There's a potential for a big night out of Kalkbrenner. The point guard, Ryan Nemhart, has a very high upside because of being the point guard. And he also has a high floor. 
He's got two games over 30 points so far this season, but he's got three games under 20 points so far this season. So um, you're looking at a guy who is the distributor for this team, makes everything go. Um, I would like to see him a little lower price, but I get why he's at where he's at. I still think he's a playable option where he's at. The guy I really like from Creighton is Trey Alexander. I think he's underpriced on DraftKings. He had 27 fantasy points in every Maui game. Now, honestly, when it comes to Creighton, I could not be less interested in anyone outside their starting five. So let's go ahead and talk about Texas. Now, speaking as a Texas fan, I'm very excited to watch this Texas team. Chris Beard has this team playing really well. They're playing some really elite defense. They're going to be an elite defensive team. Now, one thing to keep in mind with Texas for daily fantasy purposes is when you look at the game logs, they've played four absolute and utter blowouts. And the fifth game was the Gonzaga game, which was still kind of a blowout. So when you're looking at the game logs, look at the minutes and the usage and the production in the Gonzaga game as opposed to their game against Rio Grande Valley or Houston Baptist. So the first guy that you got to talk about when you talk about Texas is Marcus Carr. He's really come into his own. This is what Texas fans were expecting last season out of Marcus Carr, an elite scorer who can play on or off the ball and is just a really solid all-around game from a guard. He can play on or off the ball. He's got 35 fantasy points in the Gonzaga game, which shows that he has some upside as well as a high floor because he's going to have the ball in his hands. Now, Tyrese Hunter, the true point guard, where Carr is kind of a one or a two, Tyrese Hunter is the guy that allows Marcus Carr to be Marcus Carr. You know, Hunter doesn't need the ball all the time either, but he's a guy that, you know, when Carr needs to go off the ball and can get open off the ball, Tyrese Hunter can handle the one and handle the pressure and handle the ball. Now, Tyrese Hunter had 36 fantasy points in the Gonzaga game. Both of those guards have a lot of upside and a lot of potential to do a lot of good things for tonight and the entire season. Timmy Allen of Texas was much more productive last season. Last season, he was really their go-to guy down the stretch. In a lot of instances, he was the guy in clutch time with the ball in his hands. He's a really good offensive player. He's got kind of an old man game. He's not really vertical. And I don't know, I kind of feel like the production can come. I think you're playing a little bit of a risk. I think you would be a little early on it if you played him right now, but I definitely think that that production is going to start rebounding to where it was last season. Now, Sir Jabari Rice, there's an error on DraftKings currently. His game log is broken, but honestly, looking at what he's done so far this season, he's priced appropriately. He brings them a lot of energy and a lot of offense off the bench, and I think he is an option at his price tag. Don't be fooled by the broken game log on DraftKings. Dylan Mitchell is a freshman who has crazy athleticism, and I really like him in an up-tempo game. He's really at his best when the team is getting out in transition, and he's running, and he's finishing, and he's just doing everything fast. He had 21 fantasy points against Gonzaga, which shows that he can produce um, in a close game. Now, Dylan DeSue is a backup big who would be the guy that I would play and the guy that I would anticipate getting more minutes if Texas decides to go big to limit Ryan Kalkbrenner and Ryan Kaluma, or Alvin Kaluma down low. And he averages a little over one fantasy point per minute. So when he's out on the floor, he has been productive. He was very productive when he was at Vanderbilt before he transferred to Texas. And I think that he is the guy that as the season goes on, he's going to be the big that gets more minutes to counteract other teams' bigs. Guy that got to talk about is Brock Cunningham. He is very low priced because I really do like Brock Cunningham. He's the ultimate energy guy. He's the ultimate glue guy. 
He plays elite defense. He gets every loose ball, gets a lot of steals, gets a lot of assists, and he can knock down an open three if you leave him open. So if he played more minutes, he would be a great fantasy option. But he can't play like Brock Cunningham if he plays more minutes. Simply put, somebody who plays at his energy level can't play 30 minutes a game. It just it's not happening. So if he ever gets more minutes, he's a great fantasy option. And he's so lovable as a fan, but I just don't think he's a very solid fantasy option until he starts getting more minutes. All right, that does it for the two marquee games. Let's talk about some other options available in the other games. So in the other games, I'm going to give you guys some injuries to monitor with guys that could be in line for increased workloads. And then I'm going to go over a high-priced, mid-priced, and low-priced option among the guards and the forwards. So the two key injuries to monitor tonight are Jalen Clark of UCLA. The beneficiary would be Amari Bailey. He had 37 fantasy points last game without Jalen Clark. And Kevin McCullough of Kansas. The beneficiary would be Joseph Yasufu. He had 25 fantasy points last time out when Kevin McCullough did not play. All right, now let's talk about a high-priced guard. So Justin Powell of Washington State is $7,200 on DraftKings. He has played at least 33 minutes in all five games, and he has topped 37 fantasy points in three of five games. And honestly, this isn't a bad matchup against Oregon. Oregon is one of the higher-tempo teams on the slate. This game has one of the higher over-unders on the slate, and Washington State's projected to lose it in a fairly close game. So this guy, Justin Powell, he's going to have to be shooting. He's going to have to be used if Washington State wants to stay in this one against Oregon. Mid-priced guard, I'm going back to Washington State. I'm going to go with TJ Bamba. He is $5,900 on DraftKings. Honestly, he is mispriced in my opinion. He should be in the high sixes, not the high fives. He is Washington State's leading scorer, and he has shown to be a good fantasy option in both their wins and their losses so far this season. The value guard, I'm going to go with Femi Odakale of Seton Hall, who is $5,100 on DraftKings. So with Seton Hall, you got new coach there, Shaheen Holloway, and I think he's still trying to figure out his rotations and the guys he wants out there on the floor with certain lineups at certain times and definitely down the stretch of the game. Well, Femi saw a minutes bump after the Iowa game, the Iowa game where they lost a very good opportunity to get a good win. They lost it by double digits. And since that game, Femi Adekale has seen a minutes bump, and he's been over 17 fantasy points in his last four games. Also, he's not depending on scoring to be a fantasy option. He can get rebounds, assists, and steals and give you fantasy points that way even when he's not scoring the basketball. Now, switching on over to the forward position, Adama Sanogo of UConn is $8,400. UConn has one of the highest totals on the slate, and Sanogo averages almost 1.4 fantasy points per minute, and I really think the Oklahoma State is a team that he can take advantage of because Oklahoma State is not very big down low. And so Adama Sanogo has the potential to go crazy tonight there for UConn. Now, a mid-priced forward that I like is Warren Washington of Arizona State. So he currently has over 28 fantasy points in three of five games. And what's even more impressive, he's, he, he has not topped 29 minutes all season long. This guy shoots 71% from the field. He is incredibly efficient when he's in there, averages well over a fantasy point a minute. And I think that We've all probably seen the news on social media about Marcus Bagley and his suspension from the team for a little bit. That's going to be a little bit more increased minutes for Warren Washington, and I think he's a really solid option at $6,700. Low-priced forward that I'm interested in is K.J. Adams Jr. of Kansas. He is currently $5,500 on DraftKings. He could see a minutes bump and a usage bump with the injuries to Bobby Pettiford Jr. as well as Kevin McCullough. 
I think that this Kansas team is in line to score a lot of points tonight. I don't know if I will be able to get there on the price tag for Jalen Wilson, but I definitely think that other supporting cast guys like Grady Dick and like K.J. Adams Jr. will be able to put the ball in a basket a lot tonight against Seton Hall. Remember, the Seton Hall team gave up 83 points to Iowa earlier this season, and there's no reason that Kansas can't get up in the 80s as well. All right, so those are, in addition to the two marquee games, six additional options as well as two injuries to monitor for you tonight and i think that that should give you guys a pretty good preview of what this slate's going to look like and what my lineups are going to be looking like for tonight so gonna be interested to watch tonight y'all like i said this creighton texas game i'm really excited for i think arizona utah is also one that is going to be exciting so really good slate tonight if you want to see what my full DFS lineups look like, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And then also, again, I encourage you, if you like what you're hearing here on the podcast, please rate and subscribe. And also, please listen to the other sports. I got the two college football breakdowns yesterday. Got an NFL breakdown coming on later today. So find another sport, please. I will be doing college basketball here all season long, I promise. But we're also doing other sports here on Mike's Money Picks as well. All right, so that does it for today's episode, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully I gave you guys some names that you can get into your lineups, and I will see you all next time.